0: this episode, Ken Schumann and a group of Faith Walkers reflect on the topic of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the peacemakers. What does it mean to be a peacemaker? This conversation was originally recorded September of 2022. We want to remind you, Faith Walking's mission is to make holiness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation.
1: Oh, of course. There's really not anything that I say that I haven't said before. I don't think. Uh, I'd love to come up with something new and creative, but but I don't have it. But. But this idea of peacemaking is one of my favorites, and and it's one of it's one of the ones that gets me. so so here's what I would say if you want if you want to live a missional life, be a peacemaker. If, if you want to sum up the teachings of Jesus, be a peacemaker. Well, why do I say that? Well, I say that. As, as you know, I'm hung up on the word in the Old Testament for peace, which is shalom. And so notice what Jesus does. I believe Jesus, Jesus thought in Hebrew. He didn't think in Greek. Though it was translated into Greek, he thought in Hebrew. And I think when Jesus said it, he, he, he said it using the idea of shalom and shalom is is this is this broader phrase than just peace shalom means wholeness completeness and soundness when you when you look up the greek words for peace they always take you back to shalom i'm hung up on it because i find i find the threads of shalom run from the Old Testament all the way through the end of the Bible. You, you find it everywhere. You find nuances of words that that connect to it. I, I, won't, I won't get hung up there. But notice that Jesus doesn't invite us to just to be people of peace. He invites us to be people who make peace. So he combined two words. He combined, in Greek, it's it's a different word, but the word for peace and making, and he put it together and he said, blessed, happy, content, fully alive are those who make peace. I think this idea of peacemaking for me is probably <laughs> as... Uh, I don't even know how to say it. It it is the epitome of of faith-walking work. What do I mean by that? Here's what I mean. I don't believe we can make peace without managing our own anxiety and without growing in differentiation. We can't make peace. Why? Well, because when we try, we get anxious. And here's why we get anxious. We we try to bring peace to a situation or make peace in a situation and somebody reacts to our attempt to make peace and typically they react with conflict. And that conflict makes us anxious. And then we react and then peacemaking just gets blown up. So track with me. I, I so I think I think there are two things there there are and, and yeah, let me just get it out of my mouth. So there is a big difference in my opinion between being a peacemaker and being a peacekeeper. We think when we hear peacemaking, we think what we think is, oh, well, I'll just keep my mouth shut. Peacemaking doesn't mean we just keep our mouth shut. You can't make peace without opening your mouth, I don't believe. Okay? I I just don't think it's possible. Uh, But so so think of it, if we think of a continuum, On one extreme of the continuum are people that are peacekeepers, and so when they get anxious, what do they do? They distance, they comply, they give up self to other people, they give in 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 order to, to not stir things up and not make anybody agitated. What I believe about that is that is not peacekeeping. And what I wanna say also is, I believe that peacekeeping is an anxious response. So out of my anxiety, I don't speak up. I don't say what I need to say. I don't, uh, I I comply, I give in, uh, in order just to make everybody happy. That's peacekeeping but it's not keep peacemaking, and I do it because I'm anxious. So that's one extreme of the continuum. On the far other extreme of the continuum are, are people that I describe as troublemakers. And troublemakers are also anxious people, but they behave in completely different ways. Troublemakers are anxious people because they get anxious, and the only way they can feel safe is to bully people, control people, make people do what they want them to do in order to feel safe. They Troublemakers demand that everybody see it their way and do it their way. And and the thing I remind myself, and troublemakers are anxious people. So notice, You have anxious people on both extremes. You have anxious people that give up self in order to get along and keep peace. And you have anxious people on the other extreme who take self from other people by controlling or bullying because that's the only way they feel safe. So I see peacemakers as a as a completely different category than peacekeepers or troublemakers, I believe I, I have the name right. Uh, John Lewis coined the phrase "make good trouble." Okay, so I believe what what Mr. Lewis was inviting us to do was he was inviting us to be a peacemaker. Well, wait just a second. How do you make good trouble? and be Well, that's what being a peacemaker is. And one of the things I often find fascinating is when you attempt to be a peacemaker, there will be some people that will accuse you of being troublemakers. Well, what's the difference? Well, I think the difference is It's not an anxious response that's attempting to control other people. Rather, it's a well-thought-out response that is concerned about the well-being of everyone. Peacemakers are about the well-being of everyone. So that makes sense? So, so I believe that The only way we can be peacemakers is to grow in our emotional maturity. What a challenge. So Jesus said, blessed are those that make the peace. And and he didn't say anything about, and I don't think he was thinking about Bowen family systems theory when when he said it. But I think what he was implying was, and you've got to be emotionally mature enough to be a peacemaker. Otherwise, you're going to be a peacekeeper, or you're going to be a troublemaker, and I don't want you to be either, either of those. And I just want to acknowledge how hard that is. And, uh, and, and so, okay, so what does it mean to be a peace, peacemaker? I, I think, and I, I'm, I'm going to explain this a little bit, but I think there are two practices that all of us can, can undertake to be peacemakers today. We can choose what we say and we can choose what we, how we behave in any given moment. And we can, I'll say it this, so when we choose what we say, we can take a stand by defining ourselves in a position of peace. So we can take a stand for, for well-being of everybody. And when everybody everybody's well-being isn't being considered, we can stand up and voice that. Now, when we do, we'll probably get a reaction and a reactive attack against us. Well, that's the challenge. So the real challenge of being a peacemaker is not the first thing you say. It's the second thing you say. So when you get attacked, how will you behave? So this week, here's here's my real life story. And by the way, I I want to acknowledge that I have enormous growth to do in order to become a peacemaker. I'm not very good at it. I want to get better. I want to receive the blessing of of the Lord. Uh, I want to live fully alive as a peacemaker. I want to be known as a person who reflects the character of God. And and in order to get there, I am going to have to intentionally work on growing my emotional maturity every day because I can't do it without it. So two nights ago, all of you know, if you don't know, you'll know now. Uh, I play poker almost every night online. Uh, it's it's what I do to decompress, and uh, and I hang out and and there's a a community of people that I play poker with. So there are people I know. They they come they come out every night. Uh, I mean it it is the local pub for me. It is the hangout place for me, and there's this regular group of people. And typically there'll be, you know, four or five or six of us at the table at any given time. And the tables uh online that we play on have nine seats. So there's nine people there. So there'll be there'll be anywhere from five to three uh people that that we don't know. Well, the other night we're we're at the table uh and there's this guy that is brand new. Uh, so I write notes on all the players. And, and so if a player shows up with no notes, that's mean that that means that player is brand new. So I know the players brand new. And about 10 minutes into the game, after I sit down, one of the ladies at the table beat him in a hand. And this guy went off on her. Started just belittling her. And he wouldn't quit. He just kept going. ultimately i want to be a peacemaker so i want you uh, so here's what so the well-being of everybody there wasn't good and and so i had to speak up i say i had to speak up i chose to speak up and i and i called out the behavior in an attempt to be a peacemaker and instantly this guy turned on me and instantly i mean it was ugly i mean caught, i mean ugly names language and and i mean i i didn't even know this guy so recognize this is the way people behave i i love playing poker because it helps me be connected to people from all walks of life and and within 3 minutes he was physically threatening me yeah it's it's rare but it happens of course he lives in new york city so i'm leaving to jerry to clean up but uh uh and and guess what happened when when he starts threatening me what happens Th- there's no way he can hurt me i mean he's nowhere near me i'm not i'm not threatened physically but but I'm but here's what the threat is. I am not going to let this guy bully this table. But I got anxious. And when we get anxious, what happens? We get stupid. And so then I started uh, I started attacking him verbally back rather than being a peacemaker. And I was reminded again, how hard it is to be a peacemaker. So now here, here's what I'm working on. So I'm thinking about, what can I say and how can I behave the next time that happens? Because it will happen again. What, how do I wanna show up as a peacemaker? And so I'm I'm thinking about, I don't have it done yet, but I'm thinking about what will I say? When will I say it? How will I say it? And how will I stay calm in the midst of it? Because I think that's what peacemakers do. So that's a real simple little illustration, but for me it's a it's a real life kind of illustration. And, and I, so I don't want to let bullying go. I want to speak out against it because that's not healthy for the well-being of everybody. Um, so I want to speak up, but I don't want to get in a fight verbally. And I think that's what, what peacemaking looks like. So when I get all of that fleshed out, And when I give it a good try, uh, I'll report to y'all what that might look like. But uh, but yeah, so blessed are the peacemakers. And peacemaking is about making things whole. And I was reminded of James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, where it says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let it, let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be whole and complete, lacking in nothing. I think that verse is talking about what it looks like when you become a peacemaker, you become whole and you become uh, complete. And I think that's what it means to take a stand against non-peace. I take a stand against a lack of wholeness, lack of completion. I, I take a stand. And, and so one of the things I'm thinking about is how do I say in a way, and and so here's the deal. I'm not trying to find a way to say what I want to say without the person getting anxious or offended. They're going to get anxious and offended no matter what I say. But what I want to say to them is that being angry and miserable is a choice. And we can choose to be different. And I choose to be different. And I want to, I want to create help create a world where others choose to be different so that all of us can live in wholeness and completion. So that's what I'm thinking about, about peacemaking today. What does that stir up for you?
2: This reminds me of something that happens last Sunday before I was starting this job. I had ordered something online to go pick up at a store. I get to the store. I'm sitting there for 30 minutes in curbside waiting to pick this item up. They never come out with it. Never text me back or nothing. I'm getting anxious. And, you know, anxious becomes stupid. I'm where's the manager. Where's, Brenda, I
1: can't ever imagine that <laughs> happening to you.
2: My husband was with, he, let's just say, okay. A uh, short, short story. Okay. So the stuff didn't come out. I called the manager out. I'm like, what is going on here? I'm starting, my voice is starting to get higher and I'm you know burning up. And my husband's like, calm down, calm down. I'm like, I got things to do. I don't have time for this. I want my stuff. And the manager's like, I, are you sure you're at the right store? I'm like, look, look at my phone. I, okay, I was sitting in front of Academy to pick up two chairs. I purchased these chairs from Lowe's. The manager goes, are you sure you're at the right store? I said, it says right here, Lowe's, 2920. <laughs> she... she She goes, thank you, and walks away from me. Didn't even give me a second to apologize. (laughs) And my husband, he's like, get out of this parking lot now. Go. I was like, oh, my God. I could not believe that I unleashed my impatient, stupid, anxious self all over this poor manager. I'm sending her flowers, by the way, this weekend with a big, long apology note. (laughs) I just couldn't get to her this week. But I'm just like, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe my own behavior. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, because it just went on for like 30 minutes of this garbage. And, and on, on my phone app, it said, somebody already picked up your chairs. And by the time I got to Lowe's, so I was getting even more stupid by the time I got over there. <laughs> and my husband ended up having to go in the store to get what we had purchased in the first place. But it was just, um, and I thought about that this week, because I've been dealing with those challenging moments. I, I'm so glad this is the subject today about the peacemaking, because that age, every time somebody became kind of stupid with me this week, I thought, okay, that's their anxiety. Don't mm-hmm. internalize this. This is not about you. It's about them. Mm-hmm. And that is the only thing that kept my mouth and self in check. Mm-hmm. In the past, I would have walked away. I would have quit, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I would have had nothing left to say. Mm-hmm. And it, that, that's why I said faith walking. This to be learning those tools. It doesn't mean that I wasn't triggered. <laughs> every. Mm-hmm. Foot, Part of my being wanted to just react.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But when I thought about what I was about to say or what I was about to do, mm-hmm. it, it just stopped me dead in my tracks.
1: Good, Brenda. And and Brenda, that's progress. It is. So I, way to go.
2: I am proud of myself.
1: There you go. <laughs> that's good. Just,
2: that's just for not being stupid.
1: <laughs> I'm proud of you, too. Thank you. Because you saw it. And you, yeah, good, good, good.
3: I immediately, I immediately thought of um, when you started this topic of my husband's family who all lives in Chicago and um, he comes from a very, very large Italian Catholic family, he has nine siblings and. Um, And so there's just so many differences in dynamics. When you have a family that large, it is very interesting to watch the uh, dynamics that, especially knowing a little bit about family systems, it's just, there's an example of everything there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yesterday morning, I woke up to a message from one of my nephews that he wanted to come for a visit next weekend. Now this nephew, nor his parents, nor most of Pete's family, they have not ever been to visit us. Mm -hmm. Only a couple of um, his sisters, his mom regularly visited us, but um, a couple of his sisters did, but it was years and years ago. And this particular nephew, is one that is known to stir up trouble and he does it on the regular and he did it pretty recently in in a very extreme way. He does have some mental health challenges. Um, He just, um, you know, it's all out there before he realizes how it's going to impact. And he has a habit of putting stuff on Facebook. When I opened this message from him, (laughs) I was like, this is not a good way to wake up because I know what's been going on with him and my stress level shot up. And I do not like, I don't like stress at any time, but especially when I wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. So my mind completely went to, okay, what is a good excuse that I can tell him that we can't host him? (laughs) And um, of course my, my husband's in treatment and we're not in a position where we're really, you know, wanting to go out and show people a town. Although, I mean, there's lots of great things to do here in Houston. And this particular nephew is a big partier. And so my oldest son said, well, why not let him come down? And then my husband was like, yeah, this may be a good opportunity just to, um, you know, be a witness for him because he's, he's very much anti-Christian, anti-everything and very vocal about it. And so I did, I thought, you know, this would be a good time to spend time with him on our ground in our home and to have certain boundaries around that for him to visit. And so I did, I did respond to him saying, um, you know, yes, that would be great. You know, we're not party people, LOL. (laughs) But if you'd like to come visit us for a laid back weekend, that'd be great. So he said he'd get back with us. And then this morning I got a message saying he wasn't gonna be able to come after all. Um, But in that instance, well, Pete and I had already agreed, we're not gonna talk about family um, when he's down here because there is, uh, one of the dynamics of his family is that they talk about everybody, especially the troublesome person when they're not there, Mm -hmm. but they don't have any face-to-face interaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, I don't know that's that was my I thought, yeah, I've got to get my own stuff together, set my boundaries, and mm-hmm. boundaries' is what kept coming up for me mm-hmm. and if I know my boundaries and I've stated mm-hmm. what my boundaries are then then I can do this,
1: yeah, good, good trish mm-hmm. and and I would connect it so so yeah, I can do something that's challenging,
4: mm-hmm.
1: but I and, and I'm doing it to be a peacemaker, but mm-hmm. I'm going to establish some boundaries. And here's what the boundaries are. And and that's healthy. I, and I want to say, folks, but when we establish boundaries with people, they won't like that. <laughs> and, they'll get, and they'll get anxious. And, and so, oh, yeah. yeah. So maintaining my boundaries means I'm making good trouble. And I'm not and I'm not gonna give up with give up that no and I'm being a peacemaker.
3: I uh, like how earlier you said it's my second response <laughs> right. that makes the difference because that's right. um this family does not know boundaries. And when I know from history, when I've tried to establish them, they don't, they just they just bulldoze over everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so but
1: yes. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Good, thank you, Trish. Carol?
4: I found the
3: distinction between peacekeeping and peacemaking really helpful because I've lost count of the number of times people have suggested me to me that the spiritual thing to do is the mm-hmm. peacekeeping. Mm-hmm. With everything, bear with everything,
0: and mm-hmm. to
3: do this is selfish. But in so many cases, it's led to the end of a relationship and maybe so I like had intervened earlier on and done that peacemaking work then that would have survived. So yeah, I found that
5: really helpful.
1: Good, thank you. Thank you, Carol. Carol, it is so nice to hear you speak, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we we often, we wanna make make it seem like, well, the Christian thing to do is to be a peacekeeper. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, not keepers. And I think there's a big, big, big distinction around that. Uh, I think sometimes we have to take a stand for, um, I'm searching for the right word, uh, for wholeness, for for the well-being of all and and I think God invites us to do that yeah good good good
2: I love what you just said I was having this conversation with my husband last night because I'm in a situation where I'm trying I'm trying to take a stand on something and I was literally told yesterday don't don't upset the apple cart you're opening up a can of worms this is how it's always been yada 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 and I'm like I made up my mind last night. No, I'm going to upset the apple cart because it is about the well-being of everybody involved.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I had just, I, I, there's like no hesitation, no matter whatever the consequences are. And and last night was the first time my husband. In the past, he would have said, "Oh, you just try you just stir up trouble," but last night he said, "You better take a stand. You better do this. You know what you need to do."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and I think it's important to realize and remember even when i take a stand everybody gets to still continue to make their own choices and they exactly. may choose and they may choose to just keep doing what they've been doing right okay see that's what differentiation looks like but I, but i can remain connected to them and i can keep taking a stand for what i believe is right and true right. while also allowing them to be whatever way they're going to be Right. Um, and that, that for me gets to be the challenging part. So peacemaking is not about becoming a controller. So then, then we, we do become a, a troublemaker. Then, okay, uh, I want you to begin to behave the way I want you to behave. Well, I want that. I want to hold that up as a possibility. But at the same time, I'm, I'm not forcing you or trying to demand that you must live or behave a certain way. Leslie, you want to speak next?
4: Yeah, well, I'm kind of chuckling because I've learned this by hard experience with all of these different peacekeeping versus peacemaking and um, some kind of the kind of invisible kid, right? If anybody knows like this, this family system role, so I'm the invisible kid and a lot of kids and, that helps my work residential treatment. There's a lot of emotional dysregulation that helps me not take it personally. But then it's then you shift over to where then you have to put boundaries with family, then it's a little bit different because then it's like, okay, what does that look like? I'm going to keep my boundaries. I know they're not going to like it if I say my boundaries. I, and it's yeah, the, the second thing you say. And it is. It's like a work for me. I guess what I'm saying is, for me, the hardest. I can do that at work all day long. Not a problem. The hardest environment for me is family,
1: because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's for where sure. I get it. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. That that and that is the most difficult place. Yeah. yeah. So as you were talking, this thought occurred to me. Uh, we brought up a couple of times the second thing we say. So what? What if a practical goal is to get to the third thing? So rather than rather than reacting on the second thing, let's 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 practice. Let's at least get to the third thing. I'm gonna try it. If I can get to third, Jerry.
5: Yeah, I I wanted to respond to what you said about, you know, the difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking, and I I feel like it really applies to my relationship with my son, and Mm -hmm. I realized so often when he gets um, anxious and agitated, it's like, I I will say anything just to kind of placate him, to calm him down, and Mm -hmm. in the moment when I'm talking to him, you you know, I I mean it 100%, 100%. But then later on, it turns out, well, I, I can't keep the promises that I've made, and then he accuses me of lying to him, and so I, I realized that, I, I mean, this has been a coping mechanism for me for a long time, just to, you know, agree with him, to give in to him, and uh, I, I'm realizing, you know, the negative effects that th- this has on our relationship. That um, I, I need to, I, I guess, what you're, you're saying, to you know, just take a stand and say. Oh, okay, um, you, you know, I want to please you, I want to help you, but I just cannot do what you're asking. It's too much. And, and, and to be more honest about, you know, my, my capacity or my feelings with him, um, even though I, I guess the reason I do it, I'm just so afraid, well, he's going to get stirred up. Like you said, he's going to get angry. He's, you know, he's going to turn against me. But if I, if I don't, you know, take, take, uh, a stand to be honest with him in the beginning, it you know, it comes back and um, you know, turns against me anyway. So, yeah, uh, I appreciate what you say because this is definitely something that I need to work
1: on. Yeah, thank you, Jerry, thank you very much. Uh, and and it's hard, it's hard to break old habits, uh, it's hard to change.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But we do it one, one, one step at a time. And, and I think the thing, I, this is what I know about me in my own work, uh, is I'll do good for two or three days and then I'll do bad. And just not to beat myself up for when I have a setback, that that's part of the journey of me changing.
5: Yeah, you don't get it right every time. Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> Now. And, and all I can do is the best I can do today. And you know what? I I didn't do as well as I wanted to. I mean, I can tell you the story the other night. I didn't do as well as I wanted to. Now I did do better than I did a year ago because I've been working, but I still didn't do as well as I wanted to. Okay. Well, what do I do? I coach myself. I think about it, reflect on it, pray over it. And, and and determine. Okay, next time I need a better plan going in. I need I need to be thoughtful in advance, ahead of time, uh, and hopefully it'll be better the next time.
5: Yeah. The the other thing, to me also is I think what you said about being able to kind of tolerate emotional discomfort with other people. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. like I just want to avoid conflict at any cost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to see the other person all stirred up or whatever um yeah yeah creates so much anxiety for you but but to try to learn to to live with that and say it, it's okay if he's unhappy about what i'm saying um you know that that's his responsibility i, I can't control that but right. you know, but i have i need to tolerate uh more of that discomfort for myself
1: yeah for sure and that's a challenge
5: it's just
1: <laughs> hard it's just hard,
5: right? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, I want people to like me all the time, and I want peace just to be calm and quiet, mm-hmm. and not all this sure. roughness and stuff. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And and I think most of us do, Jerry, and that and that stirs this thought. What we want is that tranquility.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think in order to get to the tranquility. We have to ruffle some feathers to get there sometimes. Or we have to allow feathers to be ruffled sometimes in order to get there. Uh, so let's come back to Trisha's story. Her, her nephew wants to come visit, and he has this propensity for just talking about all the fam- other family members, and he wants to come. Yeah, you can come, but here's the boundary. We're not going to talk about other family members. Well, wait, I, I'm a grown adult. I can do and say whatever I want. Well, yeah, you can. You can do all of that, but you can't do it here. Uh, so what, you know, it, it's that desire. Ultimately, what we want is a, is a family gathering where nobody talks about anybody. That's what we want. Well, yeah, and, it, and it's going to, we're going to have to create, we're going to have to be uh, we're going to have to stir up some good trouble before we get to the tranquility, I believe. And even as it comes out of my mouth, I want to acknowledge, and and that is dadgum hard. <laughs> That's a Greek word, by the way, dadgum. Yeah, it's a Greek word. One final word before we go. Who's got it? Question, comment. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for being here. Uh, Be praying for all of our all of our faith walking groups launch next week. And uh, so be praying for us in, in, in all of that, that that goes well. And we're uh, we're excited about uh, all we got. All right, grace and peace.
0: For more information about Faith Walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you, Faith Walking exists because of your financial support please consider giving at faithwalking.us backslash donate. Thank you for listening.